Hello everyone and welcome to the third and final part of our Breaking Into Video Games panel. This is the last segment and we're going to be talking to our panel about the future of their role, the industry and also get into some questions that have been uh, submitted. So I'm going to be throwing, this is like the last last segment, throwing everything at them. So I just want to say thank you to uh, Next Gen Skills Academy because they've sent across some questions for the panel, which I'm going to uh, pick a few uh, now. So we've spoken a lot about getting into the industry and the challenges, and hopefully we've not scared too many people off, but I wanted to look at the other side and uh, with this question, which is, what does the panel like about working in the games industry? So if we go start with Saskia, if you want to start, we'll do a clockwise, or at least as I'm looking at it, clockwise. Yeah, what do you like about working in the games industry? Wow, what a wholesome question. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I like this question yeah. a lot. Thank you to whoever, to whoever asked it. It's hard to put into words, I think. Or it's hard to like, you know, like pick one specific thing that I like about it. I guess for me personally, one thing I really like about games um, is that, you know, very interdisciplinary by nature. You know, it's, you know, before I worked, you know, actually in games and got to look behind the scenes, like as a consumer, I just had like zero idea what was going on behind the scenes. You know, like I knew obviously people were spending lots of time and working hard to like make the game. Right. And then obviously as a consumer, then I got to enjoy the fruits of their labor and like have a good time and stuff. But, you know, I just really... Um, just didn't really just know anything about the process and how hard people were working to like get this final product out. And now that I'm actually, you know, working in games myself, you know, I can really appreciate like how difficult it is to actually like make and ship a game. Like it's so hard. It's so hard to get people from different disciplines to work together, you know, have a cohesive vision, create something within like a certain time frame. And it's just so impressive, honestly, like so many people like top of their game, you know, and everyone, you know, has, you know, so many great ideas and so many amazing things to contribute and seeing something come to life in that way. Everyone, you know, whether a coder, you know, artist, designer, everyone like, you know, adding their own little touch, you know, like, for example, you know, if we were previously working on something and like the environment artists were like doing their job, dressing up the environment. It looked so amazing to walk around it. But then the sound designers came in and just like added like street sounds or whatever, you know, just like random stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, it became, it came to life, you know, just like something, you know, like that, that you wouldn't even usually like think about, but it makes such a big difference. Right. Compared to walking around like a static environment, suddenly it feels like there's a, like a real city or like a real environment or whatever, like going on around you. And that's just like so amazing to me, like how everyone can work together and you know work towards this, like one goal, like together, you know, and actually end up with something, you know, amazing and fun at the end of it is so like so impressive. And yeah, like I like seeing it happen. You know, I like seeing it take shape before my eyes. Yeah, no, I like the sound. I do like that about the sort of creative process, especially when you've got a, a team of different people, like you say, and being able to like, oh, wow, we actually got this together. And it always, like I always want to, when I see like certain reactions on, on social media when games get delayed and, and things and just think like, it's it's amazing you got a game <laughs> uh, anyway, especially in a pandemic. Like you have no idea like how difficult that is. It's not just a button that you press and then the game comes out. So uh, yeah, seeing the process is is really good to, to be aware of. Matt, 
same question to you. What do you like about working in the games industry? Yeah, I think it's like there's two main things. Like one, like I really like the people in the industry. We kind of mentioned this earlier, but like people are pretty nice and you know everyone's doing it because they love making games whether it's you know production law or like um you know code art whatever people love doing it um so generally everyone's really passionate so kind of i really enjoy being around those people um yeah that's super cool and then the other thing is kind of linked to what you were saying saskia is i really like creating something that wasn't there before and i love this even more as an indie developer because i'm doing more of the game and i'm crafting this sort of whole experience so i've got kind of a like i was um i worked as an animator in the industry beforehand and that was what i did now i'm looking at the game design because i'm looking at how my animations are going to be driving that game design and rather than someone coming and saying hey this is the design let's let's do this i'm kind of making those decisions and it all starts to blend together and then we've taken the game to kind of loads of shows and things like that around um, the country and when you see someone play your game and laugh it's like the best thing ever like that thing didn't exist beforehand and like the stuff that you've done has brought them that experience yeah it's pretty magic yeah i like that and i think that's the best thing about like creativity like you say is, is making something that wasn't there before and then getting that response like i remember back in the old times um of conventions <laughs> and traveling to them is um just having people like for our manga like get our uh buy a, a manga uh, and I remember there'd be people who sometimes will come back the next day if it's like a two-day or three-day convention uh, and be like, I read it. And I, I love these characters. I'm like, first of all, whoa, you actually read it? Like, <laughs> uh, back to that imposter syndrome. Uh, I thought you were just humoring me by buying this book. But you read it and you like these characters. Like, okay, that's really cool because, yeah, that book wasn't there before I created it and uh, put it out. So I can definitely appreciate that. Obviously, Chris, I don't know if you were going to say either of those can't say that now so you gotta come up with something else <laughs> some other reasons i don't know if you got one but what do you like working what do you like about working in the industry oh, I, i'm i'm gonna be hard pressed to find something that you got nothing we've taken all the good answers <laughs> right the thing is the thing the thing is is that i think for the longest time maybe i, I don't know this is not my therapy session but for the longest time <laughs> something that i really worried about was really worried about is that because i had come from outside of games there were always going to be people that were better than me i was never going to be able to be the best at what i was doing and so like what was even the point like you know there's always going to be sometimes i look at portfolios now and they're like a student like oh my god you're better than i am you're so good it makes me sad how good you are because of the fact that it's like you know you've just been doing it longer and it's simple as that so there are lots of opportunities where you can doubt yourself and think like what's the point i'm not going to be the best and i'm never going to be close to being the best so like why would someone want to hire me and i think the the difference is is that um in a kind of combination of all of those points is that i also thought for myself i was like you know why did i spend all that time doing a drama degree if i'm not going to pursue that you know why like what was even the point like i have this acting experience and all this useless knowledge about dramaturgy and like filming techniques it's used for nothing but the thing that i realized which is my point here is that the it doesn't actually really matter what you're making as long as you're making and that's the thing that i when i started to actually make stuff like when um when i actually started to make my own first effect I mean, I, I can remember the very first effect that I ever made and I can picture it clear as day and I always remember, I can remember the comments that I got it on the LinkedIn post 
like almost verbatim in my head because it was like that moment where I was like, I made that thing. Like, I, I fully made that myself. And it's so like, I'm so proud of the fact that I made it, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And um, the more you do that, you realize it's never really about the very specific thing you're making. It's like the act of creating something, like you said, Matt, like that it had never existed before. And, you know, it could be anything. And, and, you know, there's a lot of times in the games industry where you make something and it just gets thrown away because it just wasn't right. You know, it doesn't play test well, etc. But it, as soon as you fall in love with the idea of making things in general, it doesn't really matter what happens at the end of it because you're like, oh, I had fun along the way. Like, I got to sit there and make the thing. Like, that's why game jams can be so fun just because you're like, it's not going anywhere. Like, it's actually just for the sake of us having a thing at the end of it to play a game. Yeah, like there's there's just a lot of fun. Like there's there's so much fun in being able to be like, ah, oh, then we just slap this thing on and then like like you say exactly but like the moment that you add sound to something, oh, it's like absolute chef kiss moment. Like I remember the first time that I made an effect and then a sound designer then was like, Oh by the way, what do you think of this? It's like, Oh my god, you added sound to a thing I made. That's so cool. You've made it so much better. Um and it's that like really dumb, giddy, like I'm a child and we're all like <laughs> throwing paint at the wall and then realizing what you've actually done at the end yeah it's just really fun that moment of like collaborating with lots of people having fun making stuff and then throwing it away and then making it better and then hopefully at the end of it you have a product or the better yet you now know what not to do and so next time you go to it you're like sick remember all those things we did they were bad let's never do them again <laughs> yeah i think you know taking it a little bit not so seriously because obviously it is a job you know you have expectations you things you need to do but there's just a lot of fun in the kind of noodling around and making stuff with people who are like very smart and very talented and do stuff that you're like oh my god i don't even know how you made that but it's just really cool yeah it's just very fun to work with people who also like making stuff too mm. i yeah. just add something one other small thing i really like about games is that you know, you, you work with people who also like games, so it's not weird that you like games and you can talk about games together. Because I've worked for places where people didn't really play games, and I couldn't get excited about stuff with anyone, you know? I couldn't be like, after I saw Nintendo Direct, be like, do you guys see the Nintendo Direct? Everyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't play games. So that's really nice. You can, like, geek out about stuff together. I yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is you kind of you don't always appreciate it until you're in a situation where it's, it's not that and you're like oh wow there are places where people have like a passion and they can't share that with others with their where they work whereas you can all do that you can have you can say like did you see the last nintendo direct uh i actually missed uh, half of it but i caught uh, most of it um but yeah you could say like did you see it what did you think and why haven't they uh, done a switch pro and all that kind of things and people know what you're talking about <laughs> so it's uh yeah it's a good place to be in that sense um i, I like this question so i've got uh, another question submitted from uh next gen and it's if you could wave a magic wand what game would you have loved to work on uh, and i want to add to that what role if not the one you're already working on and why I have an answer. Well, no, I have Go two ahead. answers. So, on one hand, I would love to have been able to work on The Last of Us Part 2. But would I have been able to stop myself from just sobbing every day? <laughs> no, right. I love the game so much. Um, <laughs> maybe. Or maybe it would have ruined the magic. I always think, imagine if I'd worked on a game that I loved 
maybe it would have spoiled but would you mess it up like (laughs) yeah well i mean yeah for a start maybe i would have screwed everything up maybe i would have been the worst vfx artist that's ever existed (laughs) no to man like every single time you shoot someone confetti flies out yeah it's like why would this happen (laughs) but like i wonder because part of the magic of uh it's like seeing like a magician's show it's it's the, the reason why it's good is because you don't know how they did it Whereas when you when you can just look at it and be like, oh, well, actually, I could clearly see you've got the card up your sleeve. It kind of ruins that childlike wonder. Mm. So watching someone, like playing someone else's games when you don't know how they did it and you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like, that's so sick how you made that. Um, so that that's like an answer. But then I'm always like, mm, would that have been a bad idea? So I think my safe answer <laughs> is I would have loved to work on like an MMO, like Black oh, really? Desert Online or World of Warcraft or perfect world or even like runescape back in the day like as like a first big big mmo because they're always full of magic and i'm like i would have loved to have made that magic i would love to be just be like just go crazy and just add whatever kind of magic you want and mm-hmm. it'd be kind of not limitless but there are loads of there's so much variety and stuff so i mean it would have still been as a vfx artist because i'm basic and i, and I like that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just something with uh, just a whole lot of magic on it okay uh, anyone else want to uh, add at yes. a game. I Go thank ahead. you to Chris because now I had some time to think about it because I didn't have like a response immediately lined up. So I think I also have kind of two responses. My first one would be I would have really liked to have worked on Hades because um, first of all, really admire Supergiant Games, you know, really awesome, you know, amazing how much work they've done considering their small team, you know, over the years and stuff. And they seem to treat their employees really well. But yeah, I always really loved Greek mythology growing up. You know, always loved reading about them, watching TV shows, whatever, movies, adaptations. Just always really into it, like the drama and the intrigue. And it's just like, so it's just like really fun. And I think Hades, the game, you know, really captures, I think, the feeling of Greek mythology really well. You know, like all the complicated relationships the characters have with each other. I think, yeah, it's just a really incredible game. And Maybe if I could have worked on the narrative of that, that would have been really cool because I could have used all my actual, all the time I spent, you know, reading about Greek myth, I could have actually put them to use, which, you know, would be really cool, right? Because then when I think about, you know, past Saskia as a kid, you know, reading all that stuff, we'll be like, yeah, girl, you did, you did great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great choice you made yeah. re- reading all that stuff, you know, came in useful in the future. So, yeah. Big fan of Hades, big fan of Supergiant games. And then, I guess just, like, I could work on a Nintendo game. That'd be really cool. Like, I don't even care, like, what role. Like, any role. <laughs> any role, you know. But, yeah, I really admire Nintendo, like, as a company. Um, you know, grew up with a lot of Nintendo games. And I really, you know, I really like a lot of their, like, game design philosophies and stuff. And, you know, like, other games, you know, have such a sense of, like, wonder, you know, and, like, fun and, and joy in them and that I really appreciate. And, you know, I'd love to just, what is it like behind the scenes, you know? Or, like, working on a Pokemon game, like, what is the process of making a Pokemon? I've always been curious. How do people come up with them? How do they decide what to name them, what they look like, the typing, the moves? Like, yeah, it's just, it's always really intrigued me. You know, who is, who are the people who are making these big decisions, you know? Mm. Designing a Pokemon, that's, like... It's a huge responsibility. So yeah. love to just like get a peek, you know, what are they up to? <laughs> okay. Yeah, th- those are my responses. Oh, and Matt, how about yourself? If you had that had that wand, where are you? So not so much a game as such, but like I'd love to work in the like 
N64 PS1 era where like 3D was taking off. Like oh, games yeah. nowadays, there's like there's so much going on in so many like pipelines and processes and stuff like that. Like it'd be interesting to see what it would be like when it was a little bit more simpler and you had to be a little bit more creative with how you did things. So like a lot of models will have like seven different texture maps applied to them that do different things. Um, whereas in the past you would have just had your, your color map and you'd be using that color map to, um, suggest detail and um, using things in different ways so um, although there are kind of loads of constraints that developers have nowadays like it's been really interesting to um, work with the constraints of working with a system like that and then also work on a game that when you release it that's it there's not a day one patch <laughs> there's no updates or anything like that so like what like the I don't know if the pressure was like crazy to get it like spot on as you release it sort of thing but yeah i think like that era of games would be super fun to work on and like having to come up with really creative solutions to achieve like really like big effects that would um you know spark people's imagination and stuff like that mm. yeah i like that I, yeah that's a that's a good era and, and i like the reasoning for that as well i i would say the I don't know if anyone played the original uh, Deus Ex game by uh, Warren Spector, so it's kind of a I was going to say cyberpunk. It's not I guess kind of cyberpunk-ish kind of game, but that uh, sort of thriller, mystery, heavy use of technology in the game in the story, very good narrative uh, in the story, uh, and made by uh, Warren Spector is one of those. You know, you get. I guess like thinkers or people that have vi like visionaries in, in games. And I always feel like it would be good to work kind of like Saskia, any role, <laughs> anywhere in that process. Um, just to, to hear like what those kind of people are thinking about as they make the games and as they use the technology that's available to them to bring these like grand visions, uh, to life. So yeah, uh, I like that. So thank you to, uh, next gen for sending us questions. I do have. Uh, a few more before we we finish and i am like as we've been talking about this all throughout the panel about getting into games breaking into games and future generations uh so i wonder from from everyone really but because chris and saskia you're the ones that have just like broken into games is that what do you think video game companies uh, or organizations can do to prepare and support like future generations on their way into games and maybe matt also you can kind of uh give your perspective on that too but i'll again throw that out for anyone that wants to pick it up and uh, and give their thoughts i don't know how to necessarily like practically go about this um mm. but i definitely think that there is a lot of value in studios kind of i mean it's funny as you say to saskia but you know, like wanting to look at like what's really going on at nintendo those kinds of things of like a studio kind of just lifting the curtain for a second and getting a peek in on the development process i think are so useful um i know like riot um has done stuff like that where there are there are a few for vfx as well but um which is why i love them but there are a bunch of other different disciplines as well where they basically just sat down with a game designer or a programmer or a sound designer and been like what do you do in the day at your job and you know what's the process like how did you get into it and i think there's very something very tangible and believable um, like Matt, you were saying earlier about like them trusting you more because you've really done it. 
it seeing someone who's like literally sat at their desk in their studio in LA, like at at Riot, being like, "This is what I make, and this is how I would do it." I think there's something that kind of grounds that knowledge in letting people know what really does exist and, you know, how to go about doing it. And it's something that's going to be very, very different in every single studio as well. So getting as many different perspectives on things and how each studio does it and how they go about doing those things lets people know what jobs exist and how to go about finding them and how to go about getting started in them. And yeah, like anything that studios can do in general to support that is always, it's, like democratizing knowledge is always going to be the best way to make sure that people are have the best opportunity at doing stuff because you know not everybody can go to university not everybody has like you know maybe some people have already gone to university and it's too late they can't afford to go back you know not everybody went can go to the same university so not everybody has the same modules and lecturers and learning um so as much as knowledge about things that can kind of be quite I don't know, opaque, can be democratized and freely distributed to everyone is is the easiest way for people to make sure that everyone has like a fair chance at things. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think like we touched on it in, in this discussion where just not knowing, like not knowing I can do this role or not knowing what was involved or, or the pathways to just, just that can open up uh, so much because I've always feel like once you have that awareness and that aspiration, like whether it's university, you college, university or what, Chris, what you did, just go and learn, <laughs> go on YouTube and learn. But you have to know that this thing exists and this thing is a possibility. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to echo what Chris said. I definitely agree with a lot of that. Um, and I just want to add, you know, I think I already talked about kind of my specific example and like how big of a demand there was for like the entry scheme that I applied to. So I feel like oftentimes... Or I think one kind of maybe overlooked aspect that I kind of want to touch on is, you know, supporting people, you know, once they're actually in the industry and also kind of making sure that, you know, the industry is in like a good enough place that people will actually want to join because, you know, there are no shortage of negative headlines when it comes to the gaming industry, right? And there's still a lot of issues that we're trying to solve, you know, whether it's like crunching or like sexual harassment or whatever, you know, so there are you know, so a lot of like, admittedly, like bad things that are happening within the industry, you know, like the lawsuit, like with Activision Blizzard, for example, that's still like an ongoing thing. And you know, when people see those things in the headlines, they're like, oof, do I really want to work in games? Like, it sounds really bad. Or like, if I'm a woman, do I really want to like put myself in that kind of environment? You know, and I had some of those, you know, like, doubts myself before I came in, I was like, do I what if I, you know, get in like a bad situation or whatever, or like I meet the wrong people, or I don't know, like, I definitely had those thoughts in my mind. So I feel like, you know, like, as an industry, like, you know, actively working to, to combat those things, right, to er attempt to eradicate those things from within our industry will go a long way towards encouraging people, you know, to actually pursue it seriously as a career. And, um, you know, making it into the industry is one thing, but then actually feeling like you can thrive and that, like you're supported and stuff and people can like, you know, help you and advocate for you. That's like a big thing too. And that's oftentimes like the harder work, right? Because that's like actively putting in the effort and stuff. Um, and, you know, uh, I've heard, you know, lots of stories of people who do end up leaving the games industry for one reason or another, you know, um, either because they've had bad experiences or because maybe they're not getting paid enough or, or whatever. So... You know, I feel like there's still like an, a lot that needs to be done. And, you know, opening up the doors for people is one thing, but then also like 
making sure that, you know, people actually can continue to like sustainably work in games is also like a big thing. Yeah, that's an important point because I, I learned that over the past year where, you know, we have this idea of improving diversity and, and bringing more people in the door, but then it's like you have to keep them there or you want to keep them there. And the thing with diversity is that you then get different people. So that's the idea. You want different people, different backgrounds, different experience uh, experiences bring into the table. Then you might have a system that's set up for like one type of experience and then that comes against the idea of diversity so you might then bring a bunch of people through the door but then they realize like oh actually this is not necessarily for me and and then like you say they might leave for uh for those reasons so it's about yeah once they're there how do you ensure that you have the inclusion part to diversity that people can feel like oh actually i'm supposed to be there i can contribute i can progress i can i can do all that stuff and still be like who i am so yeah that that makes sense um Thank you. You summarized that way better. I think I feel like I I went a little bit all over the place, but you summarized really well. Thank you. That's that's what <laughs> that's I wanted cool. to say. Cool. Okay, I'll just like take my voice and then put it on to yours, and then when I do that, bit. but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Matt, is there anything that you wanted to add in terms of, especially again, like I uh, mentioned as as a lecturer, as someone who's who's uh, in and amongst uh, young people looking to get into industries, like what can uh, the the industry do to support future generations? Yeah, I reckon like uh keep engaging with education and look at what they're doing like so we mentioned it earlier like hey we've got this entry-level role and you need to have shipped three titles or whatever and, like looking at that like I'm, I'm seeing it like there's more companies that are, are like engaging and looking and particularly at college level as well so a lot of people like look at university but there's a lot of college kids out there that you know they've done two years which is almost a full degree so if someone was to start a degree and they had no experience before they're going to be close to what um, our guys are doing and we've had students go into placements and industry have been like surprised with what they've done and there's there's a lot of um, young people now that are actually really put off by university with the fees and the the structure of it and things like that and like it, it works really well for some people but not for others so like looking at students that have done like courses like the one that we deliver and what they can do and thinking about how they could integrate into your company and you could almost offer that university-like experience almost um but through a company and you know you're not ingraining any bad habits in people that are learning uh professionally kind of like following on from this as well like like apprenticeships as well um because typically they've been in like an electrician apprenticeship you hear about them all the time people doing stuff like that but games apprenticeships tend to be not heard about as much i know next gen are doing a lot of work to kind of develop more of those with a range of studios so um i think that's like a really good alternative for people because some young people will think like i don't want to go to university but I'm not good enough to get into the industry and then, and then that's it. And then they can't, and then maybe they'll go off and do something else or they're um, working something that they, they don't like because they can't see that route in. So I think definitely kind of staying in the loop with what education's doing, looking at what people, what students are doing. Cause yeah, yeah, I think I'd be surprised at um, what like some of our kind of college leavers at 18 can actually do. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I, I second that. And definitely like, uh, yeah, age is like, is to a certain extent, it's like, it's just not a thing. It's just because you're like under 18 doesn't mean you, you don't have the, the will, the technical skills, or at least can kind of like develop those technical skills as well as someone in their 20s or uh, 30s or whatever. So no, I, I agree with that. All right, and my last question, I will throw out again. What games are people playing? <laughs> just like, uh, other than your own, especially Matt, because I assume you're playing a lot of your own game. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, what games are people playing? Uh, or is there a game in particular you're looking forward to coming out? So about five hours ago, I had my brand new PlayStation 5 arrive. Ooh. And at lunchtime, I quickly set it up downloaded uh Kano Bridge of Spirits. Oh, I've downloaded and, that too. And I I'm gonna get some takeaway later and I'm gonna go play that until until sunrise because I've been looking forward to that game for like years. And uh yeah I I've wanted a PS5 for ages and then literally like last week I was like I've had enough. I'm getting one. I'm I'm making it happen. <laughs> We're and doing then, this. <laughs> today it arrived. So yeah I am very much looking forward into uh, to playing uh, Kingdom Bridge of Spirits because it looks absolutely, absolutely goddamn mm. Yeah, that's that's on my list. It's downloaded. It's ready. Um, it's on my my sh- list of shame. My growing list of shame. Uh, <laughs> even though it just came out, but still. Uh, <laughs> anyone else? Yeah. Um, one really nice thing about the pandemic for me, at least, has been that I've really started tackling my gaming backlog because I feel like. You know, when the pandemic wasn't happening, there's like so much going on in your life, whatever. Like, it's hard, right? New games are always coming out. You're always like buying new games on like during Steam sales or whatever. But then during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm not going to buy any new games until I like play through a certain number of my own games. It's been really awesome because I've been making a lot of progress and just playing stuff that, you know, otherwise I didn't like find the time for or like didn't like focus on basically. So uh, currently I'm playing the Ace Attorney trilogy on Nintendo Switch. Um, uh, okay. For some reason, I never played the games when they first came out. Big oversight on my part, you know, 12-year-old Sasuke really messed up um, in not playing them. One of my friends literally decided to study law because of Ace Attorney. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's a hugely influential series. Like, I do get that. Um, but I'm finally making up for it. You know, I'm finally playing the games now on the Switch, really enjoying them. They hold up so well, you know, like, considering they came out so long ago. So that's been really fun. And I've been playing Pokemon White 2 on my 3DS um, because I didn't like Gen 5 very much when it first came out. Um, I don't know why, but then I recently got back into it. It's actually really good. And I totally, like, misjudged it when it first came out. It really holds up really well. So that's been really fun. And occasionally I'm playing Pokemon Unite uh, with my friends because it's free and it's easy to play with friends. So, and there's cross-play. So sometimes it's nice to just, you know, just, you know, play with other people, like be sociable, like that kind of thing, I guess. So yeah, that's what I've been... Oh yeah, in terms of what I'm looking forward to, um, there's a, there's a, the, the whole, there was a Wholesome Direct a couple months ago and there was a game they announced there called Luddle Knots which I think has like a Kickstarter, which I don't know if it's still running, but it looks really cute. You, you're like this little astronaut. You have this like little underwater suit and like you're like taking care of this underwater environment and there's these like little creatures called lottles and you help grow them and stuff and it looks really sweet. So I want to play that when it comes out. It's very wholesome. Cool. All right, and, and Matt, how about yourself? 
So I'm also playing Pokemon Unite. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I tend to be relatively busy, and it's quite nice to slot in because the games are really short. Um, yeah, so ten minutes, right? Just, yeah 10 minutes yeah. or well, there's five minute games as well so like even if i only play for like 20 minutes a day i can do dailies and feel like i'm making a little bit of progress i also just love being a pokemon and running around in <laughs> moves rather than like commanding them to do moves sort of thing it's cool just like running around being a pokemon yeah I, um one of the last games i played as well was was hades too and i really loved that game and that was similar like really nice bite-side chunks of gameplay where you could do a run and kind of replay it yeah we got like a, a, a puppy last year so like having bite-sized games was nice rather than the big long sit down mm. um yeah it kind of fits in so yeah um cool and then in terms of like looking forward to stuff um metroid prime 3 would be super cool like um yeah because all the i guess mystery around it and things like that um yeah that's probably like the most interesting game but i don't even know if there's any details on it yeah i haven't looked into it for a while <laughs> no other than they restarted development right twice Oh, why? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> boyfriend is, my boyfriend is obsessed with Metroid Prime, so like he's yeah. been following it like closely, and he's like, <laughs> "They cancelled it again." <laughs> I but, remember yeah. in like what I was in like a group chat or something, or in like a Facebook group, and someone had posted a screenshot. They literally looked up some dude on LinkedIn who previously worked on God of War, I think. So previously worked at Santa Monica Studios, and that they stalked this person's LinkedIn, and they're like, "Oh my god." They've switched jobs. They're now working um, uh, on Metroid. And I was like, where'd you get this information? Like, are you stalking these people on LinkedIn? Like, looking for job updates? And they're, like, posting the screenshot of, the, like, their LinkedIn. I was like, oh, man. That is some commitment. That's <laughs> anticipation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turn people like, into this detectives. this means something. Some, yeah. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah, put this here. This means that. Connect this with VR. Oh, like yeah, the, the game's coming out in April. Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yeah, yeah. the conspiracy team. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, dedication. Um, yeah. I am playing... Uh, I started Horizon because I'm late to things. Uh, so started working with that. Also started Ratchet and Clank because I start many things. I'm trying to finish things. I'm looking forward to God of War. That is it. It's just the future is God of War. That is all I see <laughs> uh, in Horizon. All other games will fall by the wayside when that comes um, <laughs> into my uh, PS5. So <laughs> that is that is me. But yeah, no, thank you everyone for taking part. I just want to make sure I let people, let the people know where they can find you. So we'll do a clockwise thing again, at least from my perspective. So Saskia, where can people find about you, your company, and uh, anything? Well, I guess you can't always talk about certain uh, things within the company, but at least where can people find you online? Yeah. if Yeah, I, I have a Twitter. Um, I don't tweet a lot. Um, so if you do decide to follow me, then, you know, keep your expectations <laughs> measured. It's um, at Saskia and then YXT. Um, I, all caps lock doesn't matter, right? In, in or does it matter? In, I don't think in it does. Twitter no. handles? No. I, I'm actually not sure. But yeah, <laughs> I, I write it the YXT. She did say she doesn't post caps. a lot, so. Yeah. So yeah, YXT in all caps. Um, and yeah, I work for the Chinese Room, which I believe is at Chinese Room on Twitter. So yeah, we, we have a pretty nice Twitter, so feel free to follow the Chinese room. Um, and we actually do have something coming out, which I can talk about, which is very nice. Okay. It really sucks 
working game development when you can't talk about what you're yeah. working on. <laughs> uh, you have to keep it all inside, you know. But I can talk about something, which is... So we released a game called Little Orpheus on Apple Arcade last year, which was really awesome. And now we can release the game on other platforms. So we're no longer tied to Apple Arcade. So Little Orpheus is coming out to... Is coming to PC and um, and consoles, so um, you can you can check that out, and that's that's my shout out. Cool. Okay. Uh, and Matt, where can people find out uh, about the work you do? Probably the best place is uh, Twitter. So we post all of our kind of game updates. Our game's called Squishy Sports. You can at Squishy Sports on Twitter, and you'll see all of the um, game updates. It's super duper regular. There's generally a tweet going out every day, so you'll see like little nuggets of what we're working on and things like that. The game is also on Steam, so you can have a look at it there. And if you like it, you can wish list it. Yeah, that's probably like the best place. Like I'm also on Twitter, but I mainly just retweet what I'm <laughs> doing on my studio stuff. Um, yeah, LinkedIn as well, just as my name. Um, yeah. Cool. And uh, Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, same. I am Twitter. I am bound to Twitter with my soul. Um, so that is where you will find me most commonly. Uh, my, I am just at not so little C. And then, or just Chris Sayers, and then on LinkedIn, just Chris Sayers, and on ArtStation, Chris Sayers. I have the same profile picture on every single social media that exists, so if you find me somewhere, I will look the same everywhere. I took one good photo six years ago, and I'm riding that until I'm... Riding it all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm I'm the same everywhere. The effects artist at Mediatonic. If you don't already know Mitotonic already, we made Fall Guys. I didn't make Fall Guys. I don't work on Fall Guys. I can't answer <laughs> questions about Fall Guys. I don't know anything about Fall Guys. I do not work on Fall Guys. Disclaimer, I do not. Just get that all out there. Yeah, this, <laughs> I'm not the one you want. Oh, many yeah. people ask you that. Must be so many, right? Every single time I do anything, it's like, oh my God, you made Fall Guys? <laughs> <laughs> Um, which you know, it, it, like honestly, I, like Fall Guys is great. Um, like I, I'm very proud to work with you tonight. Fall Guys is a super great game. I mean, if you also didn't know, we were recently bought by Epic Games. I also do not work on Fortnite. I do. I know nothing about Fortnite. <laughs> but yes, I cannot help unblock your Fortnite account. Which I've had people ask me. I am. You can't talk on... to someone. Yeah, hook that up. <laughs> no, no, I don't oh, know okay. anyone. <laughs> and I know no one. Um, yeah, I'm working on unannounced project. So yeah, I hard relate to not being able to talk about anything. I worked on a project for 18 months and then it got canned. And then I've been on another project for a year that can't get announced. So I have made no games and they exist nowhere in the world. <laughs> but yeah, not so little C or Chris says everywhere. VFX artist that means Tonic London. Cool. Can I just do one more? Um, I want to shout out uh, Bayman Games, which is the organization I volunteer for. And that's actually how I met Nigel the first time. We actually met before the pandemic. So Nigel came to a few of our Bayman Games events. So we met there, which is cool. So yeah, what's nice about games is people always connected in all sorts of like weird ways, lots of connections everywhere and stuff. And yeah, I'm really happy I got to meet Nigel through that. And like, you know, uh, yeah, Bayman Games is, we, we are a non-profit a volunteer-run organization and we just like do events and st- do mostly focusing on like improving uh, diversity within games encouraging more diverse talent to work in the gaming industry so you know feel free to check us out we have a twitter and stuff so yeah you know always here to support a good cause cool 
Actually, uh, a really good shout. Sorry, I'm going to piggyback off that because I'm <laughs> um, so I I'm a, a video games ambassador for uh, Intergames, which is a part of Yuki. That's how I found out about this wonderful podcast. I would highly recommend if you're someone that's interested in games, taking a look at Intergames on their Twitter. They are at Intergames HQ, or you can follow at Yuki, which is UK underscore IE. Or there's a Discord for uh, the Intergames as well. Very, very, very much recommend checking it out if you're interested in the career in games. The Discord currently has, I think, about 5,000 people on there, and that's industry professionals, students, uh, hobbyists, very much interested in helping their knowledge share. Also, Intergames run the uh, Kickstarter program that's in partnership with the government, where they have specific roles which are subsidized by the government, which are specifically for 18 to 24-year-olds on universal credit. It's a really, really good Hmm. entry into the games industry if you've recently graduated for this college uh left school don't necessarily have any formal qualifications in anything uh there are loads of different routes into the games there is someone on twitter called sarah mercado or sarah mercado she works for uh into games and she is responsible for the kickstarter team uh she is fantastic at getting people their first job in games who maybe haven't had traditional routes in uh, but the underpinning of this is the into games discord where they post all of their events uh, all of the information and everything on there. And then also other people like myself uh, who are industry professionals who do talks and stuff and share resources and presentations. So if you want to learn more about the games industry in general, that is the place to be. Cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And uh, the Kickstart scheme as well, because uh, I've got some interns working who have been working with me on that. So I can recommend that as a good sort of first step. Any other shout outs? This is like turning into the Oscars, where it's like on a... I want to shout out my agent, uh, my <laughs> family, anyone else going once, going twice. All right, cool. And I <laughs> shout out to my cat. Um, Your cat. His name is Mac and he's ginger and white and he's a beautiful little boy. Let's Will he make forget. an appearance today? Oh, Yeah, isn't that the thing? Could we usually be so with, lucky? Uh, yeah. Usually <laughs> oh. when the cameras go on, the cats just walk yeah. across. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's not going to happen today. Mine is a very old and fat cat and he doesn't, <laughs> like, like... To, he doesn't like to jump onto the desk. So. Oh. <laughs> Fair enough. But thank you everyone for joining me for this panel, for giving us your uh, expertise, your experience uh, and your perspective on breaking into the industry. So definitely appreciate you making the time to join me here uh, i hope everyone has took something from that you've enjoyed it you've taken something away i'll get the links and everything to uh, everyone's social media put that in the uh, in the comments uh, in the uh, description so you can uh, follow people online uh, you can always let us know your thoughts in the comments as well in our gamepad discord or by email our email address is gamepad at my matter Dot com and don't forget to follow us here on youtube and also go over to twitch and follow us so you don't miss out on future live stream events uh, interviews and other stream activities that we have uh, in the works that has been our panel for another gamepad online that's all from us we will see you soon stay safe and stay tuned yeah for what we have coming next take care everyone mm -hmm.